Welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are joining us for this time today. We hope that this message will encourage you, build your faith, and help you thrive with God and thrive in life. Now to the message. Have you ever been in a place where you're so stressed or under pressure that you feel frozen or feel stuck or like, I can't move? Have you like, you're stuck and you're not knowing what that next step is? Like, um, very simple things like, okay, what is the next move here? And you're like, I don't even know. Like, uh, what what do you want for breakfast? I don't know. There's just been so many things I'm having to deal with. I don't even know. Where you feel maybe stuck in a situation, you're like, I don't know what that next step is. I don't see a way forward or a way out. It's as if almost the weight or the pressure, the demand is sort of like, in some ways, paralyzing you of not being able to take that next step or see that next step. Have you been there before? I think many of us have. Of Okay, what do I do with my kids here? Um, or what do I do with, with work in this situation? What do I do to move forward? I don't know. At times, I think stress can cause us to feel stuck, that we can't move forward mentally or even in actions. And especially if you do this, which um, in the past I've been really good at this, is, is undealt with stress. Like if you just stop, what, what's stressing me? Nothing. Get in there, right? And, and undealt with stress, that will even more so, it adds up, it weighs down. Um, so God, though, this is the good news, God has a way to deal with that sort of stress. When you feel like, man, this stress is put is so heavy, he has a way to deal with it. And not only that, but that, that you would actually even not be in that place, that you wouldn't have to reside in a place of being under stress where you feel like, I can't move, this weight is too much. So he has a way for you to get out of that, but also a way for you to remain out of that. Uh, in Mark 2, there's an account of Jesus. He's going to Capernaum. And uh, wh- wh- Jesus, he was visiting a house, and there are large crowds. Where Jesus went, there were large crowds. And Jesus went to this house, and so many people knew Jesus was coming, so everybody told everybody, and they're all at this house, jamming in. The Bible says it was even out the entrance. It was all around. Did you get a good seat? No, I didn't line up at 6 a.m. I'm out the door. So it was, it was so packed in this house. And they're hearing Jesus talk about, he was, he was preaching and teaching. And actually in this account, we actually can see, I believe, how God works and even a tool, a way that God has us to live so that when we are under stress, what we can do. And it is in Mark 2, verse 2. Mark 2, verse 2, it says, Soon the house where he was staying, Jesus, was so packed with visitors that there was no more room even outside the door while he was preaching God's word to them. Four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him in or him to Jesus because of the crowd. So they dug a hole through the roof. I don't know if your insurance covers that. They dug a hole through the roof above His head, they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. Now, at this time, uh, the religious um, experts at the time, uh, the Pharisees, Sadducees, they're like, "Um, 
how, they're having a problem with this. How can you say his sins are forgiven? Jesus says, hey, what's easier for me to say uh, your sins are forgiven or hey, pick up your mat and walk. And then what he proceeds to do is it's easy for me to do both. He says, your sins are forgiven. And then next he goes to this. He goes to uh, verse 10 and he says this. Uh, so I'll prove to you that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up. Pick up your mat and go home. And the man, he didn't just slowly get up. He jumped up, grabbed his mat, and walked out through uh, the stunned uh, onlookers. They were all amazed and praised God, exclaiming, we have never seen anything like this. We have never seen anything like this. Now, this, is, this account is an amazing account. Jesus physically healing this paralyzed man. And, and Jesus, he's, today he still heals. That it is the will of God for Jesus to heal. That he still heals. I've seen with my own eyes where, where people have actually gotten out of wheelchairs. Uh, why? Not because of who was praying or what the specific words, but because of faith and trust in Jesus. Now, but there's four things in here that stand out to me. Four things in here that stand out to me. And you're like, okay, here comes the four-point series. No, I, there's four things, and this is what it is. The four men carrying that paralyzed man. See, that man had a community around him that would carry him, that would bring him to the answer that he needed, who was Jesus. See, he had a community around him. When his legs literally could not hold him up, there was a community of people around him who knew about Jesus, who said, know what, we're going to bring you to Jesus and brought him and carried him when he couldn't carry himself. And they quite literally, there were some barriers, there were people in the way, there was a roof in the way, well, let's break through a roof, right? Let's dig a hole in a roof. Uh, and, and they went through with some very practical help. Okay, you, we're going to bring you to Jesus, but oh, you can't see Jesus? Let's break through this roof. Let's dig a hole. But in verse, verse 5, it even says that they, he saw their faith, their faith. I wonder if it's the friend's faith that he saw their faith and, and that, that his friends had faith in Jesus and what? He was healed. Because the paralyzed man's friend had faith-filled friends, community around him, he saw Jesus, he experienced his goodness, and what happened? That paralyzed man was able to walk. God has, I think this is that God has designed us to be in a community, to be in a faith Filled community. You could shorthand call that the church um, that God has actually designed. Now that's not a building or else we'd be hooped because we'd only be here Sundays from uh, 1.30 until 4.30. He's talking about the people, right? That, that actually that we're designed to be in community and that when pressures or demands or stresses of life make it feel like you can't move forward, I don't see a way out. I don't know where to go. I feel stuck that I believe that God has actually designed a faith community, intentionally doing life with others to be able to move forward, that you could deal with it, to, to come around you and help you and take some of that weight that you're carrying. That if you feel, oh man, this is too much, I can't move, that there would be a community of people around you, just like that man had, that would actually bring you, bring you to the answer and take some of that weight when you can't 
walk yourself. In Galatians 6, it says this. Galatians 6, 2, it says, share each other's burdens. In this way, um, in this way, obey the law of Christ. That is the law of love, right? That we are to love others as, as Christ has loved us. See, we are to bear one another's burdens. And in so the law of Christ, the law of love is fulfilled. Now, bearing each other's burdens is not being someone's savior, right? You are not someone's savior. You cannot be someone's hero, someone's savior. There is only one savior, that is Jesus Christ, but we can actually bear each other's burdens uh, in, in very practical ways. We can, hey, um, you're, you're struggling right now uh, and you're a little bit behind single mom. Hey, let's watch the kids for you. That's a practical way. You know, you're in a family crisis. You make some meals. You know, uh, you, you need some essentials. Hey, I'll help you out. You need someone to talk to. Hey, I can be here to talk to you, right? And, and talk and give perspective, speak hope. And also, uh, not only that, but you can be standing with them, pray for people, stand in faith, taking up in prayer what they're, what they're doing. What are you doing? You're not taking it up yourself, but you're saying, hey, let me help you, bring you, bring your situation to God. Let me, let me, let me pray and stand with you. You know, we, as a church, we pray for you daily. We pray, I pray for you daily. Um, I'm, I'm so glad that we're a part of this church family. Um, in Matthew 18, 19, it says this. I also tell you, Jesus is saying, uh, if uh, two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven uh, will do it for you. For uh, where two or three are gathered together as my followers, I am there among them. You know, there is power in prayer. We've talked about that a few weeks ago about the very power in prayer. James 5.16 talks about that the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous person, you are made righteous through Christ. He who knew no sin became sin. So what? You can be righteous. You're righteous. You're made in right with God. So your prayers avail much. The Bible talks about that. Actually, this thing that's faith community, actually, it's the body of Christ. The church is the body of Christ, that there are many different parts but we all supply, that we all help each other. And that if we are at a place of, of paralyzed under pressure, that, that we can actually, I, I wanna encourage you with this, is if you're finding yourself in that place, to lean into what God has designed when you're in that place. Lean into God designed, God created, God idea community. Uh, not just you know the friends that you've known forever, but people who actually believe the Lord that take him at his word, that they are people of faith and lean into that. You know, faith-filled believers to bear each other's burdens practically in prayer, words, deeds. And you know, though, community is not just a place where you go when you're in emergency. You know, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm oh my goodness, oh my goodness, there's, I gotta go to church, right? It's actually a place that we can continually abide, that we can continually purpose to be there, not just in crisis. Because I believe that God has actually designed life to be done together in community. I, um, a few years ago, I, um, I went to this wonderful place um, called Costco. I love that place so much. Like, uh, there's a skip in my step when I go down the aisles. There's so many things that I, I do not need, but there's a pack of 12 and I really want it. Um, but 
Anyways, we needed a uh, pre, we needed a shed, and I did the math and uh, either build it from, from lumber or there was a prefab shed in Costco. Like it was a plastic one, the math worked, and it was there. It was there under the glistening fluorescent lights in aisle 23. And so anyways, it's this huge box, like big box, and it's heavy, and I'm just there. So what do I do? I pull it down myself, like struggle, like try and manhandle it. I get it there. It is a bazillion pounds. And now I I move it. I go through. I somehow load it in my car. Actually, quite honestly, someone sees me struggling, and they're like, do you need help? Yeah, I do. And so we put it in, but I get home and I'm starting to assemble this. And you know, you read instructions generally, but on the instructions, it says you need two people. And I'm like, I've done some things. I know this, okay? This is a prefab plastic shed. Like someone made a mold of this. I can put this together. So I, the first bit, I put the floor together. Easy. Oh, it looks so good. That's the floor right there. That's Lawnmower, you're, you're going to look real good right there. And then, and then there's, the, there's like this massive panel. It's one panel, sort of like a drum shield, actually, that goes around, and that's the walls. And so I need to like hold it down here, hold it down here, and drill like way over here. And so um, I, like I can do this. It's a prefabricated shed. Like, I got this. It's plastic. So I go, I'm holding it down here, holding it up here, and trying to drill. And I'm going for like about 45 minutes on this one stage. This one stage. And I'm like, I can do it. No, I can't. (laughs) After about, I don't know, like way too long, finally I go in the house and I say, Natalie, can you help me? And, And finally... She holds down the one side, and what I took me 45 minutes of struggling, of straining, of somehow I almost went into the splits. Finally, in two, like two minutes, I was done. <laughs> and truly, that the instructions said you need two people. Oh, should have followed the instructions. But now, the Bible says that Jesus has come to give you life and life to the full. He says that I have good plans for you, a hope and a future. But also part of the instructions is God has designed life to be done together in community. See, the life that God has for you, you can't assemble it yourself. You can, you're going to struggle. You won't be able to reach everything. Actually, you need other people around you to do what God has in store for you in order for you to construct the life, the call, the purpose that he has. Know what? It's in community. It's in a family of believers. You can't do it on your own. Why? Because God designed it that way. That you're designed to be doing life together. Psalms 92, this is a great scripture. This is actually where we get our name from as well as thrive. Why thrive all here? Um, Psalms 92, 12, it says, The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish. Some translations say thrive. Um, Shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. That, That, see, God has designed it for you to be in community. For you to be planted, to remain. 
And what? You're going to grow as you're planted. You're going to grow up. But know what? You're going to grow like a palm tree. Have you ever seen like a hurricane on like TV? Or maybe you've experienced one. Good for you. I've not. I've seen it through TV. But what do you see? Oftentimes with hurricanes, you see like buildings blowing, toppling, all that stuff. And there's a palm tree just right? They're like bending with it. They're going with it. But at the end of everything, the palm tree is just fine. The palm tree, why? It bends with it. The stress, the pressure is not cracking that palm tree. See, as you are planted in the house of the Lord, planted in intentional community, as the pressures and stresses of life, they do come. But know what? It's not going to break you. Why? Because you are planted. You are remaining. You are doing what God has designed you to do. The other part, it says you'll, you'll grow like a cedar in Lebanon. That is referring to when they built the temple, what did they use? They used a large majority in the temple. They used cedar, a cedar of Lebanon, that you will actually be able to be used for God to use to show his glory, his goodness, and to construct to show God to the world. But we need to stay planted in a Jesus-centered community that you can actually not just be uh, not just to get out of under the pressure that's crushing you, but actually to stay out from under there as you are planted, as you are in community by being intentionally, consistently, it, res it results in you flourishing and not being in that place where, oh, I feel paralyzed. I feel under this pressure. I feel under this. Why? Because God has designed life to be done in a faith-filled community called the church. That's God's idea. You know, in community, whether it's Sundays as we gather, Thrive groups, on your own, like you don't need like an official Thrive Church logo on there to be in community, but on your own to go for coffee, go over to someone's place for dinner, but doing life. And, and you find where stress, you find, I think, you actually, when you do a community, you find perspective when you're in community. You find wisdom. You see in the midst of, of pressures, oh, I never saw it that way. Oh, suddenly that step becomes more clear. Why? Because you're in a community. You can talk things through. Um, that, oh, I never saw it like that. Proverbs talks about that there is actually wisdom in a multitude of counselors, not in opinions, not in what, you know, your family says, but actually in counselors, people who have good counsel. I would say someone who has a good track record, who loves the Lord. And that in community, people can speak life, they can speak hope, they can speak uh, truth and love in you in the midst of what you're going through as you talk through in Thrive groups or on Sundays or just coffee. And I think as well, for to be praying and standing in faith together, I, I think it's good to know, okay, I'm not here alone. Like no matter what I'm facing throughout the week, know what? I got people who got my back, you know? That I, that they, I have people standing in faith with me. There's also, of course, in, in community, there's practical ways that people can help with meals or just helping out in the midst of crisis. I think it also, there's perseverance in community. There's some perseverance. Like, I, I've, I've said this before, is I, I do like the mountains, and I like the summit of the mountain, but there's that part of between the parking lot and the summit that is a little bit touchy for me. And... Uh, and like when, if I, just me and Natalie, it is what it is. I complain a lot. Um, and I say, Natalie, my feet hurt. Oh my goodness, my lungs about to explode. I think I just saw Jesus and came back and he said, turn around. Like, um, but, 
if we're hiking with friends, suddenly my endurance is so much better. I'm like, okay, let's go. All right. Why? Because when you are in community, I think in life too, if you're by yourself, you, you sometimes, you get, you get in that place of I can't continue. But when you're around a group of people who are cheering you on in faith saying, hey, run that race. You got it. Know what? That, that you can go further. You can go farther. You can run with endurance even under the great weight and pressures that some seasons may bring. Like Hebrews 10.24 talks about that taking every opportunity to bring courage, to motivate um, and encourage one another. Ecclesiastes 2 talks about this. That two are better than one. Hey, you're better fighting with two. Hey, I can have your back with two. We can defend. But yet, I think sometimes, sometimes, when under pressure or in challenges, or we get to that point of where the stress is on us and we feel, oh, I can't move. I feel paralyzed. I think at times the temptation is this, is to pull back. It's actually in the midst of when you really do need community to pull back. It could be for various reasons. Maybe it's, it's shame. Maybe it's like, I'm a Christian. I shouldn't be going through this. I shouldn't be having to deal with this. Uh, if, if, if they knew what I was going through. But can I just say, there, there is therefore now no, no condemnation in Christ. God is not shaming you. We are not shaming you. You are accepted in Christ. Maybe you're like, listen, I'm a private person. I'm a private person. Well, know what? Uh, you can continue um, privately, but know what? That God has still designed life to be done together. Even if you're the most introverted person, God has still designed life to be done with people. Maybe, maybe when you're going through something, you pull back because of past hurt from Christians. Like people who say they are Christ followers. Someone misrepresented Jesus to you. You know, if this has happened to you, I'm, I'm sorry. You know, that's real. That hurts. Especially sometimes it's people you trust. But in the same breath, it doesn't change your need for community. It does not change your name for, need for community. Just in the same way that a restaurant may have misused some ingredients and you got food poison, it doesn't change the need that you need food to function. As real as it is of walking through some things and people hurting you who, say, who call themselves, who are Christians, it, it, it doesn't change the fact that you are still designed to walk through and do life in community. I would just say find, find a restaurant that puts the ingredients properly together and prepares them well. <laughs> find a church community who loves the Lord who loves you, who wants to see you go further. There are no perfect people. If you're looking for us to be perfect, you're gonna find some serious disappointment. But people who just love the Lord will cheer you on, will do their best with what they have and continue on. And I think, you know, sometimes there might even be the conception, I need to pull away to get healing. But I actually don't believe that. I don't see that in scripture either. There's withdrawing, like Jesus withdraw to the Father, but then went back into community. But know what? I think actually to actually get a place of actual healing, it can only be done in God-centered community that God has designed it. Maybe another reason is this, is you feel like I've got it. Like I got it. I'm a self-made man. This morning, for whatever reason, I was on Instagram and I saw someone's profile and they put their self-made. I'm like, okay, self-made? 
Okay, okay, then just tell your customers, I don't need you. You know, tell, tell those people buying your products, I don't need you. You know, tell, tell the government, hey, listen, I don't need your protection and army and everything like that. Um, tell God, hey, I'll, I'll bring my own air, right? Like, there is, there is no such thing as a self-made. Some other people have helped everybody get to where you are. You need Jesus. You know, maybe even the mentality of, hey, just me and Jesus, just me and Jesus. Like, church people are crazy, just me and Jesus. Well, Jesus, we may be crazy, but Jesus died for the church. He died. It was God's design. He chose that. It's not our choice. He designed it. He chose it. He planned it. So stress, when, when we are under stress, one of God's ways is to lean into community. I think the enemy's tactic is actually to pull you away. To pull you away. That the enemy will bring you away and alone. 1 Peter 5.8 says this. 1 Peter 5.8 says, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy. Um, just your enemy. The devil who uh, he prowls around like a roaring lion seeking for someone to devour. Like a roaring lion. Lions, they are very patient. Like, you don't see that on National Geographic because it would be boring. Uh, you sit in there for like three hours and the lion's just sitting there, right? You they, they just cut to when they go. But lions actually are very patient. They'll wait for the right moment. They'll wait until you're in the right position. They'll wait until the moment comes. They're waiting that whole time. And as soon as they see it, boom. The other thing that lions do, and you probably have seen it, is this is the part that the National Geographics will show and the lion gently creeps slowly. He waits for the gazelle to pull him away from the herd, right? And the lion will come, then come and pull the, the, the gazelle, sorry, gazelle, and pull him away from the herd, and that is what they will do. They separate the, the, them from each other, separate one from the group, and then take it down. Same thing with the enemy, like a roaring lion. Trying to pull you away, try to get you alone, is a tactic of the enemy to take you out. In Hebrews 10.23, this is uh, not just a scripture that uh, was to get everybody back in church after quarantine, but this is actually the word of God. It says this, it says, let us hold tightly without wavering the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promises. He will do what he said he'll do. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works, and not let us not neglect are meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return draw, drawing near. Don't neglect meeting together. In meeting together, encourage one another. Build one another up. Come uh, together as assembling as the body of Christ to speak courage, to speak faith, uh, to bear one another's burdens. Uh, to, to carry um, the burden if you cannot walk. You can't go forward, hey, let me help. See, God has designed life to be done in intentional community. Jesus says, hey, I've come to give you life and life to the full. And that is experienced, I believe, in community. You and I, we need each other. You need me, I need you to go forward into what God has. And that if you find yourself in a place of stress, Oh, you're like, there's other places than stress? Yeah. If you're in a place of stress, actually, one of God's ways to deal with that is an intentional faith 
community, to have people around you that, that will, as that man who was on the mat, would carry you speaking words of life, faith, practically help you, be willing to rip off a roof so that you can see Jesus and get to the answer that you need. Uh, as the band comes up, I want to share one last thought with you. And it's, it's this is Joshua. He went into the promised land, right? Uh, he went into the promised land, and in that promised land, he faced great pressures. There were 33 kings. There was a walled city, Jericho. And there were pressures as a group, pressures individually together as well. But not only that, but there were also the promises of God individually that they got to experience as well as together. That I believe there are things that God has for you that cannot be reached alone, that should not be bared alone, but that in community, that God has designed you and I to be in community. And uh, that in that, that he, he's designed it so that you can go forward, not bearing it on your own, but instead in community. Thank you for joining us for the Thrive Church Podcast. We hope this message encouraged you, built your faith, and helped you thrive with God and thrive in life. We would love to see you on a Sunday soon, in person or online. You can get all the information at thrivecalgary.ca. If you would like to support a partner with Thrive Church financially, you can do so by going to thrivecalgary.ca and click the Give button. No God is for you. We love you and have a great week.